I'm James Brian Smith. Welcome to the Things Above podcast. Today's thought from above is this. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. If you missed the pod episode or this is your first time listening, this is a podcast for what we call Mind Discipleship. It's a podcast for those who want to set their minds on things above. That's where the name of the podcast comes from, from Colossians 3, 1 and 2, where Paul encourages us to set our minds on things above. Setting our minds on good, beautiful, and true thoughts, on uplifting, encouraging, life-giving, biblically-based thoughts from above is not easy. And that is why we do this podcast, to provide for you in each episode a thought from above that you can dwell upon so that your heart will be warmed and you will become an epiphany of grace. Quite often in life, we're looking for the answers to things that we wonder about. They're big things that we want to know, like what is, what is the most important thing here? What, what should I do with this? What, all the kinds of things that are pressing. But the older I've gotten, the more I have come to believe that what's really crucial is asking the right questions. Dallas Willard said there are four questions that every human must ask and answer. Dallas taught about it many times, and I've wrestled with these questions for quite a long time. I've thought about them. I've even spoken about them on this podcast. They're really, really great questions. The first one is, what is real? Or what can I count on? What can I build my life on? What can I trust to be true and right? And the second question is, who is truly well off? Like, who has it made? Who's truly living the good life. Number three is, who's the truly good person? And number four is, how does one become a good person? Now, I've used these questions a lot. I've used these questions actually within the context of an undergraduate class, a general education class taken by students from all the the majors. So these aren't just religion majors or Christian formation majors or folks that I know come from a real strong Christian perspective. And it's been fascinating to listen to the answers that they give. What is real? What can I count on? What can I build my life on? The first question. And I've been stunned at the wide variety of answers. But the one that I kind of found the most troubling, really, are the number of students who said, well, I just count on me. Like, I I just trust in me. And I'll figure out what it means to be truly well off. It's probably going to be something about success or power or money. And the truly good person, well, I'm not sure what it is. Is is there a good person? Is there a right and wrong? I don't really know, as many of them are swimming in post-modernity where there's not any clear moral framework for living. And how do you become a good person? They're like, well, just try harder or be more disciplined to get the things that I want. So these questions are really fascinating because they really matter when our lives are in pain. Because what you truly believe in is crucial when your life falls apart. Or they become significant when you're at a crossroads. Or when you're going through times of suffering, those questions like, what am I really counting on? What can I rely on? 
Things like that become very important. Now, the answer to those four questions, at least as Dallas Willard raises them and answers them, what is real? What can I count on, build my life on? Dallas would say, God and his kingdom. You can, you can trust in that. Who's truly well off? Who has it made? Those who are living with God in his kingdom. That's the key. If you have that, then you are truly well off. You are blessed. Who's the truly good person? Well, it's the person whose heart is pervaded by agape love, a desire to do good, not just keeping all the rules or not getting in trouble, but a truly good person is the one who has a heart that wants the good for everyone and wants to act on that good. And then fourth and finally, how does one become a good person? Dallas' answer is become an apprentice or disciple or student of Jesus. That is the way to become a truly good person, which is who? A person whose heart is pervaded by agape love. And how do you do that? Now I'm going backwards to the questions. How do you do that? Well, you live with God in his kingdom. And you can really trust in that. So the questions themselves, they move up and down and back and forth, and they have so much to teach us. But one of the things that I've discovered, and I'm, I'm so appreciative of my partner in ministry, Jeff Gannon. Reverend Gannon gave a, a, an incredible sermon on the gospel, and he talked about that first question, you know, what, what is real? What can I count on? And he was able to say that the good news, the actual good news Jesus came to give us is that you can rely on the strong and unshakable kingdom of God because that is the real reality. That's something you can build your life on. And of course, everyone is welcome in the kingdom. And those who choose to make that step are the ones who are truly well off. It was great. In one of his sermons, Jeff gave the example. Um, at our church, we have in our bathrooms in the church, um, they, they, there are no light switches. But when you come into the room, uh, the light comes on. And you got to keep moving or it'll go off eventually. But he gave this analogy. He says, like, when you step into that bathroom, the light goes on. In the same sense, when you step into the kingdom of God, a light goes on. A power becomes available. And now we are living a significant life. When I look at the totality of the Bible, and I think about how the people of Israel were formed, I think about that really significant verse in Deuteronomy chapter 30, where Moses, who he's given the law, he's given the, the, the whole law, and he says, See, I've set before you today life and prosperity, death and adversity. Well, that's a bold statement to make. So what's Moses saying? I've set before you essentially life and death. If you obey the commandments of the Lord, the God who has summoned you, if you obey those commandments, and if you love the Lord your God, you walk in his ways, and you observe his commandments, you are choosing life and prosperity. So that question, who's really well off? Those who are living with God in his kingdom. But what is Moses saying? Because there's a real connection here. Moses is saying, I gave you these commandments. And they're, they're from God. They aren't, they aren't from me. They're written by the finger of God. I just brought the stone tablets down. 
But these commandments about not having any other gods before God, about not making any graven images of God, reducing God to an idol, about not taking the name of the Lord in vain, about remembering the Sabbath and keeping it holy, honoring your father and mother, not killing, not committing adultery, not stealing, not lying or bearing false witness, and not coveting. These are laws that you can't really break. You can break yourself on them, but they are immutable and unchanging. And so what Moses is saying is, look, here is life and prosperity. Do these things. And I think that's the right way of understanding the law because they're given to us because they're just right. If you have another God before God, things will go badly. If you try to reduce God to a graven image, some kind of idol, it'll go badly. If you're not holding the name of God sacred, then you're going against reality. So you see, Moses was also working with reality. But now you get to the New Testament, and in the Sermon on the Mount, the greatest teaching given by the greatest teacher who ever lived, in Matthew 5, 6, and 7, and there Jesus is teaching us about life in the kingdom. But there's a section, I always call it, you've heard that it was said, but I say unto you section, a pretty long section of the sermon where Jesus says several times, you have heard that it was said to those of ancient times, and then the first one is, you shall not murder. So what's Jesus referring to when he says, you've heard that it was said from ancient times? Well, he's referring back to Moses, and because it says clearly, you shall not murder. That comes from the commandment, and whoever murders is liable to judgment. But I say to you that if you're angry with a brother or sister, you'll be liable to judgment. Okay, wait a minute. So what's, what's he doing here? Moses said, here's the commandment, just don't kill. Jesus is saying, but I say to you, don't be angry with a brother or sister. Hmm. Okay, then a few verses later, he says, you've heard that it was said in ancient times, you shall not commit adultery. Okay, so that's commandment number seven. But I say to you, Jesus says, that everyone who looks at a woman with lust has already committed adultery in his heart. Okay, once again, Moses, don't commit adultery. Jesus, don't look with the intent to lust. Okay, this is getting a little tougher. And then one more. Again, you've heard that it was said to those of ancient times, referring to Moses again, you shall not break an oath, but carry out the vows you've made to the Lord. But I say to you, do not make an oath at all. Let your word be yes, yes, or your no, no. Okay, wait a minute. Moses said, don't bear false witness, which means when you are being asked to tell the truth, you don't lie. But Jesus is saying, actually, just don't lie. (laughs) So when you look at this, you just think, I think Jesus is just a lot meaner than Moses. He's, He's setting the bar really high. Because Moses says, don't kill anybody. Jesus says, don't be angry with anybody. Moses says, don't commit adultery. Jesus says, don't lust. Don't objectify someone for your pleasure. Moses said, don't lie under oath. And Jesus says, just don't lie. And so you, you hear that and you go, oh, wow. So is Jesus just trying to be more difficult? Is he meaner than Moses? No, no, no. What's going on here? What's going on here is that Jesus is moving into that third question, which is, who's the truly good person? 
Because the truly good person isn't merely the someone who just doesn't murder. Well, I just didn't commit adultery. I just didn't lie under oath. The truly good person is the person who doesn't get angry and doesn't use lust to objectify someone and doesn't not only just lie under oath, but just doesn't lie, just speaks the truth. So the truly good person then is the person whose heart is pervaded by agape love, who therefore lives out the teachings of Jesus. And the person who obeys what Jesus teaches is the person who has stepped into this new reality. So what looks like from one perspective, like this is just too hard, when you really step into it, you go, oh, wait, he's, he's doing something else. Because from one perspective, doing what Jesus said to do is really difficult and nearly impossible because in addition to just not lying or you know, living with anger or lust, Jesus actually also says in the Sermon on the Mount, oh, and you, and you who follow me, love your enemies and bless those who curse you. And don't worry. You don't need to worry. And, and don't judge. And don't retaliate. And don't, don't trust in wealth. <laughs> and you go, okay, this is way, way too hard. What I want to stress is, you and I cannot do what Jesus said on our own. On our own. Out, outside of the kingdom of God, we lack the resources to do those things. Outside of the kingdom of God, we will rely on things like anger, lust, lying, retaliation, judgment, and worry because we think we need them. We think, well, I need these things in order to just get through life. When in truth, every one of those things is conducive of a bad life. So again, those questions comes to come together. Who's really well off? Those who live in the kingdom. Why? Because you can count on the kingdom of God. You can build your life on that. See, inside the kingdom, it is possible to do these things. It is possible to become the kind of person who has agape love from the inside out. How? Well, you got to know. I mean, you have to know I live in the strong and unshakable kingdom of God. You have to know that I am able to rely on the presence, power, provision, and protection of God. If I'm going to live that way, I have to know that God is good and is out for my good. I'm going to have to know that I am safe and significant, that I'm one in whom Christ dwells and delights. I don't need those other things to establish that. And I need to know who I am fundamentally, that I'm a divinely designed, deeply desired, lavishly loved, fully forgiven, sacred story of grace. That's who I am. So those questions then, those questions now all make sense. They come together. What's real? What can I count on and build my life on? God and his kingdom. Count on it. Who's truly well off? Those who are living with God in his kingdom. If I have that, I have everything. If I don't have that, I have nothing. All the riches, wealth, success, fame, power, none of that, because it's all contingent, none of that's going to satisfy. I'm not truly blessed. Who's a truly good person? The person whose heart is pervaded by agape love. I want to do good. And I can do that when I live from that strong position 
of being in the kingdom and knowing who I am. When I do this, how do I become this? I can do it when I live as an apprentice of Jesus, a student of Jesus. I like to say it this way. Everyone needs to enroll in Jesus tuition for university. (laughs) I say that as a college professor that charges tuition. But Jesus doesn't. Jesus is, he wants to be your teacher. He wants to be your personal professor. He wants you to see the world as he sees it, to see you as he sees you, to see reality as he sees it. And when you do, you are living with a new kind of power. I am old enough to remember when cars didn't all have power steering. And I remember it was not good. When, you, when you're driving a car that didn't have power steering, I mean, you're just cranking that wheel to make it go. So I am very happy about the invention of power steering because now you can steer with a finger. And that's a beautiful analogy of living with God in his kingdom. It's like you have this, this power with you that is far greater than you to do these things. So that key question, what is, what is the way then? to a good life, or as Moses put it, to real life and prosperity. I'd say it this way, live every day in the kingdom of God. Walk in God's will, walk in God's ways with that attitude, God's kingdom come, God's will be done. Or Matthew 6.33, which is the center of the whole Sermon on the Mount. Seek first the kingdom of God and everything you need will be given to you. And finally, I can't put it any better than the great Eugene Peterson in his translation of the Bible called The Message, where he says in Matthew 11.30, and this is Jesus speaking, walk with me and work with me. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Hey folks, I want to let you know about a recent development here at Friends University where I teach. We have an undergraduate degree program in Christian spiritual formation, a Bachelor of Arts degree, that's both a first and a second major. Now, I teach in this program, as well as some other amazing professors, And I am pleased to announce that Friends University is offering an amazing scholarship of up to $18,000 per year to students interested in studying Christian formation as a part of their college experience. In addition to this amazing scholarship, there'll be hands-on learning with ministry leaders, working with me and others, and great opportunities for internships. Again, this is for both a first major, those who plan on going into ministry, as well as those seeking it as a second major, meaning those who are going to become accountants or therapists or graphic designers or teachers or engineers, any number of other vocations, but they also want to grow in their spiritual lives while in college and get a pretty big scholarship to help pay for college. So if you know someone who would benefit from a degree like this, check out our website, apprenticeinstitute.org, and click on the Friends University tab. Again, apprenticeinstitute.org, and click on the Friends University tab. I hope you join me next time. Until then, you can find me on Twitter and Facebook at James Brian Smith. And you can learn more about this podcast. And if you'd like to donate to the Things Above podcast, you can do so on our website, apprenticeinstitute.org. 
Click the Donate Now button at the top of the page. It's really easy, and it would mean a lot to me. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend, and you can also subscribe, which means you're going to get them automatically each week. My hope, as always, is that one day if you're asked, what's on your mind? Your answer will be, things above.